0: what is a non-compete agreement? A non-compete agreement guards against an employee leaving you for a competitor or starting their own food truck or maybe even just sharing your secrets with other competitors. So today we're going to talk about what you should know about a non-compete agreement. you as a food truck owner invest a whole bunch of time and a whole bunch of resources into training and developing your staff, or at least I hope you do, because that's the only way they're going to get great, is if you spend some time training them. Having an employee sign a non-compete agreement can help protect your investment and your trade secrets, and all it does really is it legally binds your employee to not share what they've learned in your business. But there are some problems with that. It's not as clear-cut as you would think. People sign non-compete agreements all the time, especially as a franchisee of all the different companies out there. So for instance, Quiznos, as a part of their franchise agreement, is you agree that if you close your own Quiznos for whatever reason, you will not reopen any kind of a business that's similar to Quiznos, again being a sub shop, for at least two years. That is part of the franchise agreement. Now it makes sense to an extent, but when you're talking about an employee level, and we're, we're talking about hourly employee Working on a food truck, you want to bind them to not be able to work for your competitor. So then where are they going to work? So there are some issues with just blanketly saying I'll just have them sign a non-compete agreement or a do not disclose agreement. Those are two different things. But what you got to understand is what you can legally do and then what can legally happen. Now we've been talking about being on a food truck and whether at the employee level a non-compete agreement would make sense. So here's some of the industries where a non-compete agreement makes sense. Client-based industries. You own your own real estate company. You have a bunch of real estate agents and all the clients are coming through and you're talking to a whole bunch of people. And then one of those real estate agents wants to break off and start their own real estate company. And they want to take some of the clients with them. That's why you would have a non-compete agreement. So that they can't do that for a certain length of time or in a certain geographical area. Or say you own a salon and you do all kinds of hair cutting and you got a big, big clientele that loves coming to your salon and then one of your hairstylists decides they're going to go open their own business, and they want to pull some of your clients that have been coming to your salon for years over to theirs. So that's a client-based industry, and they would want a non-compete agreement. When a business gets sold, the new owner of the business would prefer that the old owner doesn't compete with them for a certain length of time. So they would want that old owner to sign a non-compete agreement, just like I mentioned with the franchise agreement with Quiznos and a lot of the other Uh, Restaurant companies do that as well in their franchise agreements. Industries where high confidential information is involved. So certainly an attorney would not want a competing attorney to take some of the clients, but then also share information from other clients if they were to start their own business. Because then it becomes really scary because now now they have internal information. And could use it to their own benefit. Software companies—they don't want to see you know complex algorithms that they use to figure out certain things being shared with other companies. You know, Google is real protective of everything they do. They don't want Facebook knowing what they do. Facebook doesn't want Twitter knowing what Facebook's doing. And they—all of those folks had to sign the non-compete agreements. The main takeaway from this is non-compete agreements—they're well suited for certain situations where the employee could use knowledge that they've gained or the client relationships to build a business that could compete and then directly hurt their employer. Some kid working in your food truck that uh, gets your chili recipe probably ain't going to hurt your business at all. But let's talk about some important parts if you think that you need to have that non-compete agreement. Number one is the duration. It has to have a duration that is short, six months to a year. When you go longer than that, you're impacting that person's ability to earn an income And the courts don't like that. Six months in most cases, like if a marketing director leaves Burger King to go to McDonald's, they don't want them working for McDonald's for six months because they have all of the information about what marketing plans are coming up from Burger King. And they can share that with McDonald's and McDonald's can figure out a way to counteract some of those things. So six months to a year is typical, and certainly no longer than two. Courts have dismissed any agreement that exceeds two years. Now, the scope is another section you want to think about when you're creating a non-compete agreement. It has to be specific As to the restricted work, now think about it. You have a kid that's working for you. Now you're going to restrict him from doing what? Do you not want him making hamburgers if you're a hamburger truck? I'm going to share a story about Jimmy John's here in a minute. But you have to explain specifically what's being restricted, what this person can and cannot do. Because again, you can't stop them from earning an income. You have to be specific in the geography. So if you sell a business on the west side of town, you don't want to restrict yourself from opening a business on the east side of town. So the next area you want to have laid out in the contract would be the geography. Where can this person not transact business? Where can they not establish their own business? Now, the food truck, this gets a little bit tricky because we're mobile. But then it also is going to hurt us because we're mobile. Because one week we're in one small town and then the next week we're in another small town. Does that mean this new person can't be in both of those towns? It's not fair. Typically, it's within a certain mile radius of the home office address. In a lot of cases, food trucks will use their commissary as the home office. address or they'll use their actual home address. Now you're creating a radius around your office address or your home address. This is where you would not expect a competitor to go. If you're also going to do a non-compete you want to list what the competitors are, the competition. So not only can your employee not start a new food truck, but he can't go work for other food trucks. You want to not necessarily name them all by name, but you want to define what type of business it is. It's going to be a pizza truck or a hot dog truck or sushi truck, whatever. And then you may want to list what kind of damages. If they were to violate the agreement, what penalty? So those are the keys to an enforceable non-compete agreement. I'm not saying that you need one. Personally, I think it's just a dumb idea. I'm going to explain why in just a second. Just like with the health department, different states have different rules on non-competes. There are several states that do not allow non-competes. For example, North Dakota, California, Oklahoma, and the District of Columbia, you cannot have a non-compete agreement. And then there's other states like Massachusetts, Maine, Illinois, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Washington prohibit non-competes for low-wage employees, typically the employees that would be on a food truck. And why is that? Because they're not expected to have the kind of responsibility that would merit them being under a non-compete agreement. Food recipes aren't considered very technical. They're not considered proprietary. They're not considered, oh my goodness, if somebody else hasn't, that other place is going to close down. Just look out at McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King and Hardee's, Shake Shack, Steak and Shake, and I can keep on listing five guys. All of those places sell what? Hamburgers. They all do it slightly different, but a hamburger's a hamburger's a hamburger. Is a hamburger. And every one of them have people that just live and breathe on how awesome that particular restaurant's hamburger is compared to all the others. So you as a hamburger place saying, I have the secret recipe, you're not going to be able to enforce a non-compete. So don't even waste your time writing one. If You got grandma's recipe for something from 50 years ago. No point in worrying about it. If you're that worried about them having grandma's recipe, then you create that particular food product and don't teach it to anyone else. But guess what that does? That makes you an employee of your own food truck that you cannot step off of. So you don't have a business, you have a self-created job. And like I always say, when you have a self-created job, you may not like the boss. So Here's what I want to share with you. Jimmy John's. We all know who they are. If you don't, they're a restaurant chain that sells basically sub sandwiches and different types of sandwiches. And they used to make, keyword being used to, make all their employees, 100% of their staff, sign a non-compete agreement. And they were serious about it. You could not work for a competitor for up to two years after you left Jimmy John's. You couldn't even work for a competitor that was within two miles of a Jimmy John's store anywhere in the country. the one you came from, but anywhere in the country. And if that restaurant derived as little as 10% of its revenue from sandwiches, you couldn't work there. So effectively, Jimmy John's was taking any employee out of the employee pool to go work for a competing restaurant. Because even a restaurant that's a sit-down restaurant that has, say, a hamburger, because that's a staple in a lot of restaurants, 10% of its revenue comes from burgers, eh, can't work there. Now, does that sound anything like fair to you. But Jimmy John's did it. And it didn't matter what your job was. You could have been like a janitor or a porter or some just cleaning only job. But now you can't go to any other restaurant because, hey, I worked for Jimmy John's and I was given secrets about how they mopped the floor. Do you see how dumb that sounds? when you put it with Jimmy John's. Non-compete agreements for low-wage workers are unconscionable. That was from the New York State Attorney General when they sued Jimmy John's. The quote goes on to say, they limit mobility and opportunity for vulnerable workers and bully them into staying with the threat of being sued. So you get somebody that has to take a job at a Jimmy John's because They're entry level. Got to work somewhere. Got to make some money. So I get a job with him, and now I'm being bullied to stay with him because I can't go work for somebody else. What that also does is mean I can't get a better opportunity when I go to Wendy's because Wendy's is paying me more, but Jimmy Johnson won't let me work because they're afraid of him. So when a court has a non-compete agreement brought to them, the judge is going to look at a certain certain things. First thing he's going to ask is, did the employer have a legitimate need to protect his or her business interest? It's going to be super hard for a food truck to say, i got to protect my family recipe, because there's so many examples of recipes out there that have been duplicated by huge companies that don't hurt anybody. The geographical scope is reasonable in size. Because you're mobile and your range is 200 miles, doesn't mean you can prevent all your employees from working within a 1,000-mile radius. Another thing a judge will look at is can employees find other employment opportunities that will not force them to violate the contract. And what that means is if you have an employee that has minimal skills... But they're awesome at what they do on your food truck and you tell them they can't go work for a competitor. The only skills they have are working in food and now they can't go work in food. The judge is going to void that contract because you're forcing them to violate the contract because it's the only skills that they have. The term of the non-compete agreement is appropriately limited. What that means is it can't be, again, longer than two years, preferably six months to a year. And then if the agreement is unreasonably broad regarding the type of work prohibited. Jimmy John's was unreasonably broad. 10% of revenue from sandwiches is a minuscule amount. Almost every restaurant that has a sandwich on its menu is going to pull 10% out of its sandwich line. If not, they would not have the sandwich line to begin with. So the bottom line for me, I don't get worried about what I teach people. I want to teach them everything. I want them to be the absolute best employee they can possibly be wherever they end up working because guess what? I may have taught them everything they know, but I certainly haven't taught them everything I know. Thank you so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know I got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.